You'll remember that Paul's instructions for the church here in Colossians touched first on our relationship with Christ and our relationship with the church, with the people of God. And now Paul's moved on to family. And so I direct you to Colossians 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. In this verse, Paul continues to teach the church how to please the Lord Jesus. Particularly, as I said, he is now teaching about the family. And having already spoken to wives and husbands and giving instruction to them, he now turns to another family relationship, the relationship between parents and children. We don't have to go very far in our lives till we see quite a bit of disobedience from children, usually somebody else's children. And when people see disobedience from children, it makes some people cynical. If you've ever raised children, you might have cringed at times at how people will treat your little ones with favor and then prognosticate your coming doom. Oh, such nice babies. So nice when they're babies. But just wait till they're six or ten, and then you'll be sorry. Or they say, what a handful. Or they have the bumper sticker that reads, headaches on board. Why are these denunciations of the parent-child relationship so common? Well, it must be that so few people are experiencing happiness in it. As believers, we ask, is there redemption for the family from Christ? Does being a Christian hold any good news for our families? Must we, like the world, endure a parent-child relationship destined for misery? Or can God's blessing be upon it? As usual, Paul's instructions begin with those who are under authority. Have you children ever said, I'm just a child? I don't know how to please the Lord Jesus. Well, then this command has been given to bring you peace and happiness. Children should obey their parents to please the Lord. And as for both parents and children, here's God's answer for the family in a nutshell as it pertains to the role of children. If both parents and children strive to please the Lord Jesus, they'll both be blessed. And so we're going to first look at that role, the role of children towards their parents, and we're going to first establish the context and then observe what it means to obey. So children, obey to please the Lord. Obey to please the Lord. And that again is verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Well, before we get any farther, we have to examine the context for this command. And you'll notice that it does come as a command. The foundational truth that has to be taken into account in the parent-child relationship is the truth about sin. The family is an institution as old as creation, and like creation, it has been distorted by sin. Our families, therefore, stand in need of the Redeemer's help, for it's only in His way of dealing with our sin that we can obtain the blessing He has for us. Now, of course, that is true in every case. The only way to obtain God's blessing, period, is if Christ the Redeemer 
deals with our sin. That means obedience to the gospel. We must obey Christ who commands all people to come to him for salvation, who promises then that he will save them. Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10. Christ's way of saving is belief, but not belief only. Salvation also requires repentance. And repentance is a command. Repent is a command. Christ's forerunner, John the Baptizer, preached it. The Lord Jesus preached it. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, Matthew 4. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. To repent is basically to come back under the rule of God. It's to cease being a rebel and to begin being an obedient child of God. And you can only do this by faith in Christ. And faith in Christ always goes hand in hand with repentance so that if someone were ever to say they believed in Christ but they did not obey the rule of the king, they lie and do not practice righteousness. The disobedient still need to repent. That is to say another way, if God is our father, we must obey as sons. Continuing on to think about context, you can tell that there is a fundamental principle at work in the world. The principle is that you cannot have happiness without the rightful exercise of authority. Now someone might say, well, we have love, so why do we need authority? But what does Christ say? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. John 15.10 So love and authority are connected. Obedience is not inimical to love. In fact, God the Father gave authoritative commandments even to His own incarnate Son. And love responds to authority as Christ did. Love obeys authority willingly. And further setting the context, it will help to see a few biblical examples where the parent-child relationship went wrong. You know, the Bible is true. One of the ways you can know it is true is that it never glamorizes people. It paints people as they really are. And so here are a few. And in these, you'll find that where parents indulge their children, the children do not end up obeying the Lord. In other words, spoiled children rarely make for servants of the Lord. Sadly, one example is in the life of David. First Kings chapter 1 tells us of one of David's sons named Adonijah and how he staged a revolt against his father when his father was an elderly, elderly man. And this was much more than a typical feud among the king's sons to see who would inherit their father's throne. This was rebellion against God. It was an unwillingness to wait upon the Lord, an unwillingness to consult Nathan the prophet, and therefore to consult God's word, or to obey, it was an unwillingness to obey the king that God would set up after David, and we know that was Solomon. And so the scripture says that Adonijah exalted himself, saying, I will be king. 
And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run ahead of him. And then the scripture records the critical detail. It says, his father David had never at any time displeased him by asking, why have you done thus and so? And so you see what the scriptures are saying. They say David was not a good parent. They say he spoiled his son and didn't discipline him or rebuke him. He was an indulgent parent. And you've likely seen some indulgent parents. You see them in the store, their children demanding, I want it. And mom saying, okay, I'll get it for you, my little baby. You see it in families where the parents are servants and the child is the master. In extreme cases, you see a little two-foot-high child commanding father or mother who submit as if to royalty. They're all miserable, and no surprise, because that turns God's order of authority on its head. Another permissive parent that might interest you is Eli the priest. His story is told in 1 Samuel 2 about his sons Hophni and Phinehas. The scripture says they did not know the Lord. It says they treated the Lord with contempt. And as grown men, their sins finally caught the attention of their father who did rebuke them. But we, we could say his rebuke came too little too late. He should have deposed them from the priesthood or even taken them to the elders to accuse them. But he only rebuked them which was too little. And it also seems that his indulgent and negligent parenting from early on was what was bearing the fruit of rebellion in them as young men. And so the Lord sent his prophet to rebuke Eli. And God said to him, Why do you honor your sons above me? Now the reason for giving these examples is to show first that the obedience of children matters, but also that obedience has to be taught and expected by parents. Parents must honor God more than they honor their children. And if they honor God they will enforce authority over their children, which we know goes hand in hand with true parental love. The Lord should never have reason to question Christian parents saying, why do you honor your sons more than me? If parents honor God more, then by God's grace, their children will honor them, the parents, and hopefully these children will know God and honor him too. Again, I say that's by God's grace. Thus, conformity to this precept. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. This precept takes us to that essential word, obey. And what does it mean to obey? What does it mean to obey? The word for obey is a strengthened form of the word Listen or hear. Listening is the intermediate action between disobedience and obedience. Let me say it again. In order to obey, we have to listen to rightful authority. Children have to listen to their parents. We all have to listen to God. So parents, when we parent, we do not first direct our energies to achieve a result. We parent, firstly, to achieve listening in our children to our voice, because listening is that essential step to obedience. In other words, supposing a parent were to say to her child, clean up the toys in your room and put them in the box. 
And supposing the child does not do it, the mother should discipline the child, perhaps with a spanking. But what the mother says is important. The mother has to say, the reason I am disciplining you is not because your room is still a mess and it annoys me. I'm disciplining you because you did not obey my voice. You disobeyed my voice. And because you did not obey my voice, you did not do as I asked. In fact, you sometimes find adults who disregard God's voice. They say, yeah, but I turned out okay. I'm a good person. And according to society, they are nice people, hard workers. But that essential intermediate is not there. They never listen to God and have never been taught to do it. And therefore, they have not obeyed. Remember the importance of listening is there in Deuteronomy 6 in that famous Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Obedience means hear. God speaks, man must listen. So if children want to please the Lord, they must listen to the parent's voice and, of course, follow through with whatever they command. So with God, listen to him. Do all that he commands. And if parents would have obedient children, we must require that our children listen to us. In other words, there should be no instruction, rule, or commandment that a parent gives that he will not follow through to enforce if the commandment goes unheeded. These words, children obey your parents, are the apostles' repetition of the fifth commandment of the moral law. This is one of those places in the New Testament that demonstrate how the coming of Christ, the apostolic age, the growth of the church, and so on, retain and reinforce the moral law of the Ten Commandments. Like the apostles said, we do not, by preaching a gospel of faith, overthrow the law. On the contrary, we establish the law. Romans 3.31 And I have to add, not to obtain our salvation, but as a rule of righteousness, a revelation of what behavior pleases God. The fifth commandment has something to say to superiors or people who, because of their age or place or their gifts, are due our reverence or obedience. And parents are the prime example, as I'll explain in a moment. The commandments also have something to say to those who are equals, those who don't hold over hold any authority over you because they're your equal, but also they're not under your authority. And of course, it speaks to inferiors, not because they're inferior in terms of worth, but within the ordering of the world. The fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother. How does honor your father and your mother imply duties to equals and inferiors? Well, it basically sets forth a an order, a chain of command in the world. How does it imply our duties to those who are above us in this order? Well, it tells us clearly that we owe obedience. Parents are the first governors that a child will ever know. They are the prime example of those to whom we owe obedience. Likewise, parents were the first governors of the world. All earthly authority belonged to Adam and Eve. We even call them our first parents. And it's from parental authority that other authority stems. The governing of cities, 
counties and countries grows out of the authority of parents. One example of this is well known by school teachers. Teachers know they have a delegated authority over children, not their own. This authority is extended from and by the parents of the children. This is a true concept. Parents, not the civil magistrate, have ultimate authority over their minor children. And of course we mean ultimate as still being under Christ. Since parents are the first governors of a child, God's command is that children obey their parents in all things or everything. In all things or in everything. Children obey your parents in everything. Children obey your parents no matter what. Unless a parent is commanding a child to transgress God's law, a child is to obey. God commands obedience not in a few things, not only in the things that a child wants to do, but in everything at all times. And God's reason for this is very simple. From childhood, we should learn the principle that obedience is not conditional. Children, I dare say you have been out on the playground and heard another child at school say something like, but I don't want to, to a teacher, or I don't like art, or I'm too tired. We have to learn the rule of unconditional obedience because this is the pattern for dealing with God's voice. When it comes to God, who speaks through his word, the rule is obey in everything, no exceptions, even if we don't feel like it. We learn this from an early age by parents, sorry, by obeying our parents in everything. Later on, as grown-ups, we're still going to have to practice the rule before we practice any exceptions. Adults are under the authority of kings in other countries, governors, presidents, and so on. Those authorities are appointed by God. Righteous living means rendering to authority what is due. Taxes, revenue, respect, honor, that's Romans 13, unless the authorities are commanding sin. In the church, the rule also holds, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, Hebrews 13. The principle holds unless the authority commands sin. And for children in the home, God commands obedience in everything because home is where those building blocks are arranged to give the child an honorable life. It is God's will for us all to live lives that are godly and dignified in every way. Could I show you an example of perfect obedience to parents? In Luke 2, Jesus, as a boy, was found by his parents in the temple asking the teachers questions and listening to them, and that is itself telling. Although he was God, and although he was humanly bright and knowledgeable, he submitted to those fallible teachers. He wasn't trying to teach them. He was listening and asking questions because that was his place. And when he had come away from the temple with his parents, it says he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. He obeyed the commandment. When his mother said, put on your shoes, sorry, put on your sandals, Jesus, we're ready to walk to the synagogue. He did it. When she said, clear the table, he did it. If they had household chores, he did his regularly. And cheerfully, 
and willingly. If he was told to eat his vegetables, he did it. He obeyed even though Mary, his mother, and Joseph, his earthly father, were sinners, made parenting mistakes, and sometimes sinned against him. Do you think that, as a boy, Jesus troubled his parents' household or brought joy to it? In Proverbs 11.29, God has something to say about the person who troubles his own house. God says, whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind. Were you a troubler in the household you were raised in? Children, is your disobedience causing trouble in your own house? Well, by now we understand that the family needs the Redeemer's help to shake free of sin's power and to obtain blessing. We understand that spoiled children don't usually serve the Lord and that parents must train their children to obey their voices. We know that Paul is reiterating the moral law of the Ten Commandments and we know that the Lord Jesus himself obeyed his parents in everything and thus is the ultimate example for children to follow. But we have not yet talked about the how question. What are some specific ways that children can obey their parents? What ways specifically can children obey their parents? And I do ask you, children of all ages, to pay attention to these. First of all, children can love them. Obey means children must try to stir up as much affection for their parents as they can and seek to bring that affection into kind, thoughtful acts towards them. Loving them means not taking them for granted. You know you take something for granted if you just assume it's always there for you and you never think about it. Do a thought experiment sometime, children, maybe tonight in your bed. Try to imagine what you would have to do all by yourself if your parents suddenly died. Some of the most interesting, sad but true stories you can read about are about orphans having to fend for themselves. Life is really really hard for them. And any instant gratification they feel for being free is soon undermined by reality. I have nobody to make a sandwich for me or to wash my clothes or to care whether people hurt me or whether I get injured or die. I'm afraid and alone. Don't take your parents for granted. Love your parents. Secondly, think of your parents reverently and esteem them highly. Here's one of the places the law touches on our thoughts. God desires righteousness from us in the heart, in the inner man, and thinking highly of parents goes together with honoring them. One specific way you can honor them is with titles. To please Christ, children should answer their parents with a And I understand there will be differences from family to family. Whatever your family, your parents uh, say is right, should answer their parents with a yes mom, no mom, or something similar. Around their friends, they should refer to their parents as my father or my mother or my mom or my dad. Never the old man or old lady or dude or any slang names. Along with reverence, we should guard our parents' reputation. And if somebody says some denigrating word against them, we should 
stand for their name. Try to make it good as much as we can if someone sullies it. Thirdly, children should embrace their parents' instruction. Here's an example. Supposing your father really wants you to lace your shoes a certain way. Doesn't seem very important, does it? Maybe it isn't. Maybe you even know a better way that your friend taught you at school. But you obey your parents by embracing your dad's way of doing things while living in his house. And of course you can respectfully ask if you could do it another way, but if he insists, obedience will do it his way, as long as you're under his rule, his house. You might even discover that his way is best after all. The scripture supports this. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 1.8 How much more important to heed parental instruction, more important than those minor things of life, to heed when your parents are teaching you the ways of the Lord. Fourthly, children, submit to your parents when they are correcting you. Have you ever played the game of chess? Throughout the game, you can put your opponent's king in check. You check him, and you, when you check him, you are warning him of the danger he is in. And when your parents are correcting you, they are putting you in check. They're warning you of a real and an earnest danger. So submit to their corrections. Hebrews 12.9, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. The parent who spares the rod hates his own son, Proverbs 13.24. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol, Proverbs 23. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother, Proverbs 29. In other words, loving correction from your parents is to bring you good. It's to spare you from punishment and death later on. How many are in prison today who might say, I wish, I wish I'd obeyed my mom and dad. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Proverbs thirteen eighteen. So submit to correction. Learn from it. Don't repulse it. A fifth way to obey also applies to us grown-up children, and that's to alleviate our parents if they fall on hard times, sickness, or want. Many parents, sorry, many children have had their parents become quite sick and have had to care for them. Think of all the things you could do, even as a young child, if your mom or dad was sick. You can clean things, you can do dishes, you can take care of brothers and sisters, you can bring your parents tea, and so on. Older children can cook. When they become adults, children should be watchful to make sure mother or father can pay the bills, can get to the doctor, are receiving good doctor care, can stay in their home as long as possible. Sometimes that means moving in with mom or dad just to be helps to them. And that kind of loving obedience means putting your money where your mouth is, to give money and to make sacrifices so your parents can be comfortable. Some of Christ's strongest rebukes were for the religious leaders who taught that grown-up children could ignore their parents when their parents were in need. I don't know if you have ever thought of this, this sixth way 
to obey your parents. Sometimes children think, what can I ever do that will make a difference? I'm so small, I'm young, I can't really help anybody. And our parents seem so competent, we wonder, why do they even need me? But here is something you must do, something your parents need, even if they don't know they need it. And it is something you can do to help many people, even yourself. Children should pray for their parents. We're taught in 1 Timothy 2 to pray for all who are in authority. And the Apostle even says the result of our prayers is for our good, that we may lead quiet and dignified lives that are free of trouble. We do ourselves and others good if we pray for kings and those who are in authority because God answers prayer. Well, we can pray for those in authority in the relationship that matters, that is closest to us with our parents. And so it is for our parents. Help them, help yourself in ways you've never thought of by praying for them. Pray that they will follow Christ. Privately pray about the things you think are their faults and sins. Pray for God to give them wisdom in raising you. Pray that God will protect them and give them long life and give them good minds in their old age. Pray that your parents would obey the authorities God has appointed over them. Pray that God will bring even more peace and joy to your family. Pray that God would make your parents courageous and confident in the faith. Pray that your parents would gain more faith. Pray that God would provide for your parents financial needs, that God would give them work, that God would provide vacations for their rest. There are so many other things. God has the power to make your family a wonderful family, but God likes to be asked. Pray for your parents. Let's examine ourselves up till now. Have you children up until now been obeying your parents? Have you thanked God for them in your prayers? Are you listening to their voices and accepting their instructions? Have you adults taken care of your parents in their old age or in times when they have little are you talking about your parents in an honorable way? The Lord Jesus should see in the way we obey our parents a great similarity to the way he obeyed his own. And if you can think of ways that your posture towards your parents is not Christ-like, if you know that you have troubled your house, then you must repent for your sins are abhorrent to God. Let me re encourage you by saying that your return to obedience is good because this verse says obedience to parents is pleasing to the Lord. Any child who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ can please heaven's king, the king of kings. You can please him who loved you and died for you. Children, you can do it by obeying your parents in everything. And if you are already an older man or woman, if your parents have died and departed, you can revere your Heavenly Father. You can listen to your Heavenly Father. And you can teach the next generation how much they need you. There are many ways we can obey 
and please the Lord. Let me close with this question. How important do you think it is that the Lord Jesus obeyed both his heavenly father and his earthly parents? I think I can show you that from that proverb. Proverbs 11.29, whoever troubles his own house will inherit the wind. The proverb means that the troublemaker won't get a reward, won't get an inheritance from father to son. And rebellious earthly sons have sometimes found to their dismay that they have no inheritance. But there is much more riding on the obedience of the Lord Jesus than house or land or money or any such thing. Because even before the world was made, he had signed on to be the surety for God's house. The blessing or the bane of creation rested on this son's shoulders. It rested on the obedience of the Son of God. Your destiny and mine, as sinful people, fell to him. Would he trouble the house of God or bring blessing? Has he inherited the wind or inherited much more? I think you know what the scriptures say. He shall see his seed, a people given to him as his inheritance. We have a great high priest over the house of God. He learned obedience through what he suffered. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I will divide him a portion with the many. That's inheritance. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. Arise, O God, judge the earth for you shall inherit the nations. His obedience secured inheritance. The scriptures say of him, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And what has his obedience done for you who believe on him? It secures your inheritance also. You are those believers who inherit salvation. In Christ, you are those who inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. And this is because Christ pleased his Father, obeying him in everything. And let every family that names the name of Christ then be a family that strives to please him. Let's pray. Holy and righteous God, We confess our sins before you, for we have not always obeyed our parents in everything. And we are sorrowful for the heart sins of rebellion and the ways that we have repulsed our parents' good intentions and thought irreverent thoughts about them. We pray for your Spirit's help to help us make amends now through repentance that we would turn back to you hating our sin because you hate it and because we want to do good and because your goodness leads us to repentance. We also praise the name of Jesus Christ the righteous who is heir of all things so appointed And we are thankful that he has purchased our pardon and every bit of our inheritance for us. So we trust him. And we look forward to the day that we gain the fullness that is ours in him.
Uh, Father, we pray that you would help us to live quiet and peaceable lives, to be people who bring good to our own families. Help us to obey you, our Father. Help us to listen to your voice. As you have given us many commandments, and as you have outfitted us with many advantages to do so, help us to make the best use of those, to improve upon those advantages. We ask you to grant us a great love for your word and to do all things for your glory, not in our own strength, but in the strength you provide. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.